Good morning. This is the fourth of seven messages in our series called Surviving and Thriving. We're learning lessons on, about staying faithful to Jesus and growing in our faith during good times and difficult times. And we're using examples from the life of Joseph recorded in the book of Genesis. Last week, Pastor Bill did an excellent job talking to us about surviving and thriving when tempted. He talked about how every day the boss's wife kept asking Joseph to sleep with her, and every day Joseph refused her. Towards the end of that chapter, chapter 39, she falsely accused Joseph of sexual assault and Joseph is thrown in prison. Have you ever been falsely accused? I told you a few months ago about being falsely accused of participating in a food fight when I was in the fifth grade. In eighth grade, I was falsely accused of cheating on a test by Mrs. Johnstone. She accused me of copying off Dennis's test because our answers were pretty similar and even contained the same misspelled word. She said it was obvious one of us was copying, and she said, if I had to guess, it was you, Steve. She always liked Dennis better. I declared my innocence that time, and so did Dennis. I tried to use logic, and I said, if I was going to cheat, I wouldn't copy off of Dennis's paper because I think I get better grades than he does. And if I was going to cheat, I would want to uh, have a better grade than my normal B minus or C plus. Now that seemed to make sense to Mrs. Johnstone. And so she put us in separate corners of the room and she gave us a spelling test with several words that included the word that had been misspelled on the test. And Dennis had the misfortune of spelling the word correctly while I spelled it exactly the same way I had misspelled it on my paper. My lack of spelling ability got me out of trouble that day. I was declared innocent and he was in trouble. Now that's a pretty minor false accusation. Maybe you were falsely accused of a crime. Maybe you were falsely accused of something because of the color of your skin or falsely accused by a coworker who needed to push you down in order to take a step up. Maybe you were falsely accused of something by a friend and the friendship has ended. And it isn't easy being falsely accused. You feel helpless and scared and angry and hurt and discouraged all at the same time. And as Joseph sat in prison as an innocent man, he had to be feeling all of those feelings. I mean... Think about what this young man had been through in a short amount of time. He was attacked by his brothers and thrown into a pit with the intention of them leaving him there to die. And then they pulled him from the pit and sold him as a slave. And he does well with his master and he's allowed to move into the mansion and he's given privileges, but he's still a slave. And then he has to ward off the unwanted sexual harassment of his master's wife. 
Then he's falsely accused and he's thrown into prison. Now, it's true that the warden also likes him and treats him well, but he's still in prison. And Joseph is discouraged. He's sitting in prison and maybe he was thinking, wow, this season of my life is pretty close to what I hear the year 2020 will be like, except I don't have to wear a mask and there are no murder hornets. But Joseph is discouraged. And as we will see, he is also going to feel forgotten. He is waiting for the truth to be revealed, for the right choices to be rewarded, and he's frightened. He's frightened it will never happen. He's discouraged and forgotten and waiting. And we've all been there, haven't we? During this pandemic, I have been there at several different moments. You might be there now. So how do we deal with it? How do we survive times like this? How do we grow and thrive during a time like this? Well, let's look at what Joseph did and see if his example will give us insight on how to survive and thrive when discouraged and forgotten. First, when you are discouraged or forgotten, keep doing the right things. Keep doing the right things. Joseph has been put in charge of the other prisoners. And two of them are guys who used to serve Pharaoh, the king. And I don't want to stretch this point too far, but look at these verses from Genesis 40. Start with verse 5. One night, both the king's officers who served him wine and the baker had a dream. Each had his own dream with its own meaning. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were worried. He, asks the, he asked the king's officer who was with him, why do you look so unhappy today? The two men answered, we both had dreams last night and no one can explain their meaning to us. Joseph said to them, God is the only one who ex can explain the meaning of dreams. Tell me your dreams. Joseph uh, had to be in a real bad place personally. I mean, he had to be reeling from the false accusations of Potiphar's wife. He had to be discouraged. He had literally moved from a mansion to a prison cell, and he had done absolutely nothing wrong. But in the midst of his problems, he was concerned about other people. Here's the principle. When you're discouraged, look for someone to encourage. Quit waiting for someone to encourage you. Be an encourager. Joseph had learned and, uh, to practice what we read about in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the Father who is full of mercy and all comfort. He comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. Joseph was going to comfort them with the same comfort God has given to him. Now, Joseph could have said, I'm sorry that they're upset, but I have my own problems to deal with. He could have backed away from serving to focus on his own dilemma, but he didn't. Joseph li Joseph's life teaches us when we're discouraged, keep doing the things that you ought to do anyway. When we're discouraged, we all want to slow down. 
We want to back away. We want to quit serving. We want to stop going to church. We want to do sloppy work. We want to call in sick. We want to stay in bed. But when we do those things, we end up feeling even worse. So what do you do? Well, you keep doing the right things. You try to do what is right even when you don't feel like it. Now, this may surprise you, but sometimes... I don't feel like going to church. Maybe someone hurt my feelings, or I just want to stay away, or maybe I would love a Sunday morning to just relax. And when I feel that way, do you know what I do? I go to church anyway. I have stood up here and preached when I was sick, and when I was angry, and when I was heartbroken, when I felt good, and when I didn't. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. And when I've done that, when I've kind of gone through the motions, when I felt, uh, uh, when I uh, acted like I felt good, when I didn't feel good, um, when I went through the motions, my spirits always picked up. They always picked up. Someone uh, says something encouraging or one of the worship songs of the lyrics just reach out and touch me or God seems to touch me in some unique way that day. I like what William James said. He said, if you act the way you wish you felt, you'll eventually feel the way you act. If you act the way you wish you felt, you'll eventually feel the way you act. I believe that, and I have found it to be true in my life, even at times when I was really discouraged. Now, I'm not saying to fake it. I'm not saying to pretend. I'm just saying you keep doing the right things, and eventually you will begin to feel better again. So when discouraged, come to church. Help other people. Do your job and do it well. Keep doing the right things. Secondly, Keep trusting the right person. Keep trusting the right person. Look what happens next in the story. After telling them that only God can interpret their dreams, the baker and the chief officer tell Joseph their dreams. And after the chief officer explains his dream, God helps Joseph to explain it. Start with verse 12 of chapter 40. Then Joseph said, I will explain the dream to you. The three branches stand for three days. Before the end of three days, the king will free you, and he will allow you to return to your work. You will serve the king as wine, just as you did before. But when you are free, remember me. Be kind to me and tell the king about me so I can get out of this prison. I was taken by force from the land of the Hebrews, and I have done nothing here to deserve being put in prison. So he says to the chief uh, officer, he says, you're going to be set free. And then the baker explains his dream, but he probably w hoped that God really wasn't speaking through Joseph because Joseph says, before three days are up, you're going to be beheaded. But as we have read several times, God was with Joseph. Look at what it says. Start with the end of verse 22. Everything happened just as Joseph had said it would. But the officer who served wine did not remember Joseph. He forgot all about him. 
You thought it was going to get better, didn't you? You thought this grateful guy would tell the king about Joseph and he would be out of prison in no time. But day after day, Joseph waited and nothing happened. And now he was even more discouraged. He had helped this guy and this guy was in the king's presence every day and the little ingrate didn't even help him. In fact, the passage says he forgot all about Joseph. Have you ever been forgotten? My mom used to tell the story of the day that she stayed home sick from church when we were really young. My, my dad took us kids to church and he drove the 20 minutes home. And when my mom said, where's Susan? He realized that my sister was still in the church nursery. Now, my sister slept the entire time, but still claims to be traumatized to this day by that. On one tour group I led years ago, we left in the bus and left behind one of our travelers at a site in Rome. She's nev never traveled with any of my tour groups since then. It isn't fun to be forgotten, is it? I mean, maybe somebody invited everyone in your group to a party but forgot to invite you. Or maybe your spouse forgot your birthday or your anniversary. Or maybe your hard work was forgotten when it came time for promotions or raises or bonuses. And it was really hurtful for Joseph to be forgotten. But this teaches us a really important lesson. Trust God, not people. People will fail you. God will not. Trust God, not people. People will fail you. God will not. The truth is, the chief officer of the king didn't intend to disappoint or hurt Joseph. He just forgot. People do that. People make mistakes and disappoint us. And you can't trust people because they will fail you. I know I will. While I try my best to help and to do what God has called me to do, I can't possibly handle the needs of over 1,400 people who attend Impact during a year. And while it breaks my heart, I will sometimes fail to meet your expectations. I will disappoint you. So if we can't put our trust in people, who can we trust? Well, trusting the right person means we put our trust in God. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy 31. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. When we're discouraged and facing hard times, the right solution for our situation comes from God who is trustworthy. He's trustworthy and we find his help revealed to us many times in the Bible as we read it and as we study it. The reason that we have the Bible isn't so that we can have more knowledge. It's so that we can have help and the help that we need in our lives uh, to use God's wisdom and the love of Jesus in every situation. I like how a seldom used translation of the Bible, the Jerusalem Bible, translates Romans 15 for it says this, and indeed everything that was written long ago in the scriptures was meant to teach us something about hope from the example scripture gives of how people who did not give up were helped by God. Everything in scripture 
is designed to teach us something about hope from the examples of people who did not give up and were helped by God. In discouraging times, times when you feel forgotten and alone, God will help you and speak to you, maybe through people, but his best comfort comes through the pages of Scripture. That's where he reminds us of our victory. That's where he reminds us of our forgiveness. That's where he reminds us of heaven and his love for us and his faithfulness to us and so much more. Lastly, when you feel discouraged and forgotten, keep focusing on the right thoughts, on the right thoughts. So what do you do when you are waiting, when you feel discouraged and forgotten for a long time? We'll find out that Joseph was imprisoned for over two years waiting to be remembered, waiting for the right thing to happen. Now, what can you do if you're in that situation? Well, there are several choices. You could panic. You can panic. I mean, just panic about what's going on. You can spend every day really upset and really miserable and really stressed, worrying a lot. Now, when you do this, you make the problem worse than it is. You think of all the what-ifs that might happen, but usually those things don't happen, so you waste a lot of time and energy, and you have a lot of useless anxiety. So you can panic, or maybe you can pout. You know how to pout. We all do. You sit around, and you feel sorry for yourself. You focus on how unfair it is, and how you deserve better than what you're getting, and you think about how no one cares, and no one really likes you, and when you do this, not only will you be miserable, but you become miserable to be around. You become miserable to be around. You sink into depression. You sink into bitterness. You could also plan. That's something many people do while they're forgotten and discouraged and waiting. You start looking for your own solution. You try to do something to fix the situation. And Joseph could have tried that. He could have tried to figure out how to get a message to the chief officer or maybe tried to come up with some escape plan from the prison. And we all do that, don't we? The situation goes on longer than we think it should and we start trying to manipulate the timing to take charge, to make something happen. But when we move from waiting to planning, often we involve God later than we should in the process. And we try to dictate the timing and the method of the solution. And then we get so set on the plan that we've made that we would almost prefer no answer than a different answer than what we have planned. The last possibility is you can pray. You can pray. Now, that seems like such a trite answer, but here is the uncomfortable truth. Sometimes, even when we think we're praying about the situation, we're also doing the other things. We're panicking, and we're pouting, and we're planning at the same time that we're praying. It reminds me of one of my favorite little poems. Those of you who have been in 12-step programs may recognize it. It's called Let Go and let God. It says this, as children bring their broken toys for us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. 
Instead of leaving him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help with ways that were my own. At last I snatched them back and cried, how can you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. Obviously, prayer, really turning the situation over to God, is the best solution. When you are discouraged and waiting, let God help you. Let him lead you. Look at this verse from Psalm 46. God says, be quiet and know that I am God. I will be supreme over all the nations. I will be supreme in the earth. This verse is one that you've heard before. I don't know if you've thought about it. Have you thought about why it tells us to be quiet? To just be quiet? I don't know about you, but when I'm not quiet, and I think this is true of all people, when we're not quiet, we tend to do one of two things. We either tend to complain or we tend to brag. And you know that it's almost impossible to hear God when you're complaining or bragging. Either one tends to keep us from hearing God. And sometimes in those discouraging times, when you feel forgotten, when you are waiting, the only thing that you can really do is wait. Just to wait. Well, we're about through with today's message, but do you want to know if Joseph's story has a happy ending? Chapter 41 begins by telling us that after two full years had passed, that's two full years with Joseph in prison waiting for uh, the chief officer to remember him. After two full years had passed, one night the king has some dreams. And then look what happened. Start with verse 8 of chapter 41. The next morning, the king was troubled about these dreams. And so he sent for all uh, the magicians and wise men of Egypt. And the king told them his dreams, but no one could explain their meaning to him. Then the chief officer who served wine to the king said to him, Now I remember something I promised to do, but I forgot about it. Eventually, the chief officer remembers Joseph. He remembers Joseph, and Joseph is pulled from the prison and taken to the king. And I want you to notice what happens when he gets there. We'll talk some about this next week, but when he gets there, he doesn't say, well, king, let me tell you about this jerk that you have serving you wine. He made a promise to me, and he won't keep that promise. And he doesn't complain about being falsely accused or sitting in prison. The king asks him to interpret his dreams. And Joseph says, I can't interpret your dreams, but God can. And then with God's help, Joseph gives him the interpretation. And as a result, as we'll find out next week, Joseph becomes second in command of all of Egypt. His waiting pays off. His discouragement turns to encouragement. He discovers that sometimes when we're forgotten, we are forgotten so that we can be re remembered at just the right moment. Now, not all of our discouraging times have happy endings like Joseph's did. Some of you have been waiting for God to change a situation 
for a very, very long time, much longer than two full years. And you're still waiting. You're still discouraged. You still feel forgotten and overlooked. I don't know what has you feeling forgotten or discouraged today, but I do know that God is faithful, that God is trustworthy. And I suspect that if you keep doing the right things, and if you keep trusting the right person, if you keep focusing on the right thoughts, you will eventually be rewarded, either here on earth like Joseph was, or in heaven when you receive your reward directly from Jesus on that day. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, I just pray for those that are just burdened down right now with the load of uh, discouragement, with uh, the feeling that they're forgotten and overlooked and that no one really cares. And Father, that uh, they are just so discouraged because they've been waiting for so long. Father, would you give them your hope? Would you give them the ability to do the right things again and to trust you in this situation and to focus their thoughts on you and to focus their thoughts on prayer. Father, we're so thankful that you promised that you will always be with us, that you will never leave us, that you will never abandon us. And Father, we pray that during this time we might be encouraged by you and that we might share that encouragement with others around us who need your hope, who need your love, who need to know that you are trustworthy. And Father, we will give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.